Hello, and welcome to Ballistic Performance Radio. This is your one-stop shop for all things nutrition, fitness, and mindset. Our goal is to help you make fitness and nutrition a part of your life, not your whole life. We discuss a variety of topics, including faith, self-awareness, sustainability and consistency, training programs, grocery store navigation, and how to enjoy your favorite foods without guilt or remorse. There is a lot of noise out there in the world of health and fitness, so we're here to provide real, reliable, and practical answers and recommendations that will keep you moving forward on your journey. My wife Ashley and I are your hosts, and please do not hesitate to reach out on social media to say hello, ask questions, or comment on this week's episode. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back. It is episode 120, and today I'm here with Ash as well as a special guest. So exciting episode. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce our guest. Well, I'm actually going to allow her to introduce herself. So Karen, why don't you take a moment to just explain a little bit about who you are, what you do, and why you do it. Cool. Hello, everyone. I'm Karen. I am a holistic nutritionist and a strength coach. I help mostly women gain strength, minimize stress, and ditch diets for good, or at least that's the goal. Um, And why I do it, I'm so passionate about um, changing the landscape of food and movement in this country, and I guess the world. Um, I feel like we're very disconnected from those two components, so my passion and purpose have linked together, and I haven't stopped since I started doing this. Love it. And how long ago was that that you started? Um, I graduated with a nutrition degree in college and I left college in 2010. Um, but I really didn't start happy belly strong, which is my business. I should have said that. Um, I founded happy belly strong, which is my nutrition and fitness business. But, um, that started about seven years ago. Okay. All right. So been around the block a time or two. Now you mm-hmm. said left college. Did you finish college or did you graduate college? Like, did you quit oh, or did you graduate? Left and graduated. Yes. But okay. I didn't. So with nutrition, most people go to become a, a dietitian. They go on the dietetic internship. And in that moment, I realized I didn't want to work in a hospital setting. I didn't really like that um, dynamic. So I never really tried to go on to, which is essentially a nutritionist master's. So I left and then ended up getting a bunch of other certifications later in my career. Um, because I knew that, that, that wasn't the route I wanted to go. Got it. Cool. Okay. Well, I think first question is just how have you been since, uh, since empower? Cause that is how we met through empower. We were support coaches, right? Yeah. Okay. I didn't want, I wanted to make sure Karen wasn't in our class and then I just said that, <laughs> no. uh, but yeah, so we met through empower. Uh, we've talked about that on the show before what that program is, but that just ended about two weeks ago. We were saying before we went live. So how have things been in the last two weeks, you know, with the business, with life, with the, that transition out of the the group? to kind of running lone wolf style like you've been doing for the last seven years, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I miss you guys. I miss seeing your faces. Um, It's been going great. I am 
it with Empower, I set to launch my nutrition program called Nourish to Flourish. And I'm in the third week of that. And that's going amazing. I have two people in the cohort and they're really, they're seeing results. They're feeling better. And um, honestly, a lot of my one-on-one clients have, um, I've been seeing just a little bit more traction in my business as a whole. Um, And I feel more grounded and a little bit more certain of where I want to go in the digital space. Um, Because in recently before, I guess the pandemic, um, I was in New York City and I was not really uh, digitally forward. I was more um, in person and I would do a couple nutrition clients online because I felt like you didn't have to do that in person. But most of my business client base was for fitness. Awesome. Okay. So transitioning from in person to virtual or online, which is essentially the same journey that we went through a couple of years ago. Uh, so super exciting there. Sounds like things are going well in the business. Now you had mentioned the, your nutrition course and as well as like the business as a whole with happy belly strong. So Mm -hmm. before you got into that, you had mentioned undergraduate in nutrition what did what did your really your background and experience look like in fitness and nutrition aside from just that degree before you decided to launch this brand and now this this course? Um, I was always a mover, um, and but I never really did anything. It was only my passion. I never really like kind of married the two together. I just always like kept it like nutrition and fitness. But I actually, when I left college, I went into the corporate world and realized that is not for me, not something I want to do. And shockingly enough, based off of my own passions and purpose, I went into the pharmaceutical advertising business. And when I realized how much, I don't know, I'm, I don't want to bash the pharmaceutical industry because I think some of it is great. But what I realized was that this is obviously not the route I wanted to go. And I wanted to help people wean off of some of the drugs that I was advertising because I thought that they were more of a band-aid solution and not the fixing the problem. Um, and I'll say some of the drugs, which was like insulin and another drug was a symptom drug of um, chronic opioid use. So these drugs, I was just kind of like, there's other ways to handle this. And I just didn't, I felt very uncomfortable being in that place that I ended up leaving and getting a certification in holistic nutrition. So I became a holistic health coach, a holistic nutritionist. And at that point in my career in New York, I was dating this guy and he was just like, you should, not you should, but maybe you should try personal training. You love doing it. You're great with speaking with people and you could probably get people to speak more about their nutrition once they, once you start gaining their trust in movement. And I've noticed that that correlation has worked immensely with me moving forward in my career as well, that people, you need to gain a trance, give them confidence, um, feel good. And then they'll talk to you about some of the emotional stuff, because I feel like nutrition is super emotional. And sometimes people don't like to tell you the truth about what they're eating Mm. as well. I don't know if you guys agree with that. Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, we've had hundreds of those conversations with, with clients. So definitely on the same page there. Now, you had mentioned already that you did a lot of your initial work in person. Are you still mm-hmm. doing some in-person coaching or anything like that? Or is it has it transitioned to 100% online? 
I would say I'm 50-50 right now. Um, during the pandemic, I was more digital focused. Um, and I moved to um, right next to the beach in Asbury Park. So I do a lot of fitness classes right on the boardwalk over there. And I also work for um, this gym that's around the corner. And I also help strength train there as well as when my clients are here, because this is a um, vacation-based town. Um, when they're here, we're in person. When they're at their other homes, we're digital. So it depends on the season for me and my business. But gotcha. I would say mostly 50-50. Very cool. Okay, that's awesome. I mean, I feel like that's kind of the space we were in when we lived in Florida was mm -hmm. as we were starting the business, we were pushing that way. And eventually it kind of got to that 50-50 position before we just completely jump ship and went virtual went all in mm -hmm. uh but you had mentioned you work at a, a a local is it what should we just call it a training facility strength kid yeah, yeah. gym something like that mm -hmm. can mm -hmm. we shout them out because i did my homework on you i know who it is oh um, yeah shout them out you want me yeah. to shout them out is it, yeah. is it mike duffy's personal training yeah it is it is Boom. So <laughs> yeah I, I stalk people before great we get job <laughs> oh yeah i yeah, do my mike work Duffy. Mm -hmm. Um, so I started working there in July because I missed in-person coaching. Um, and I just, I do miss in person. I love the digital space, but I do, there's nothing like kind of what I think about connecting with people and the pandemic really disconnected everyone. And I just really needed to get to show face in this new community that I was in. I just moved here last September, my, a year from September. So a year and a half ago. And I just wanted to meet the community and with my boot camp classes that I'm doing solely with Happy Belly Strong, I've met such a solid crew of people here. Some of them have taken my Nourish to Flourish courses. Some of them have um, gone one-on-one -on -one with me and it all start stemmed from just wanting to help people move in my community and also just selfishly stare at the ocean while I train them, which <laughs> is really nice. Yeah, that sounds so nice. Not a bad view. Not a bad no. view. So Definitely. you missed in-person coaching. What is it about in-person coaching that you would say you love the most? Uh, I think there's um, a, like just being physically next to someone, I guess, whatever, like hormone, oxytocin, whatever is released just to connect and just um, that type of bonding I enjoy. Um, and I guess that's really it. And it's really most of my clientele that I see besides being at the gym is outside. So being outside with the people um, as well. Uh, I feel some, I live in a studio. You could see my bed behind me. Um, I sometimes feel trapped just doing digital things in my one room apartment. So some going somewhere and feeling like I, I'm leaving my space to work someone out is uh, a little bit healing for me selfishly. Yeah, no, I love that. So it sounds like it's a lot of location plus proximity is leading to fulfillment within that role. Now on the flip side of the coin, what do you hate the most about in-person coaching? Cause I was a full-time strength and conditioning coach for 10, almost 10 years. So I know okay. there are the, the, the pieces that you absolutely despise. <laughs> so it's okay to just embellish that a little bit here. So what is your least favorite thing about in-person? Uh, well, the travel time, cause I feel like you lose a lot of time traveling to locations and to be honest, some of my clients 
they're all over the place. I feel like I'm just driving around a lot to client to client. So that gets exhausting. Um, and also like, I feel like it's a little bit more relaxed when I'm in a, the digital space, when I'm in person, I mean, it's, I'm the same person, but I just feel like there's a, just a little bit more of, um, I don't know, like rigidity or whatever. I just feel like I'm more like hanging out with a friend when I'm doing digital, even though it's professional rather than in person. Interesting. I would almost say the opposite in my experience. I would say in person, I am like, I feel like I'm putting on a show. So everything has to be perfect and I have to have it all dialed in. But if but I feel like that's kind of almost what she said with like the rigidity. Yeah. Like I thought she was saying the opposite, like rigidity in person or excuse me, online versus no. in person. No, no, in person. We're oh, on the same. Oh, that makes more yeah. sense. Yeah. Okay. I was like, no, you definitely agree with her. I know you. <laughs> that makes more sense because I was thinking that yeah. it can't be real. Okay. Yeah. How can that be possible? No, 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 no. I, to be honest, like we wear the same clothes, right? You're in sweats or some sort of fitness attire. But when I'm home, I'm in my sweat sweats. When mm-hmm. I'm out in person, I have to be a little bit more polished. So, yeah. so you're in your, of, you're in like your quote, quote, quote unquote, mom sweatpants at home. Hair is <laughs> yeah. not done. Like hoodie is uh-huh. up over your head. You're on the couch with a blanket. Okay. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can relate to you, Karen, too, about like liking to get out of the house. We don't do any in-person training as of right now, um, but I like to go to like the coffee shop and work like once a week. I do think there's something about like, especially if you do live in a studio apartment, like getting out, getting into different space and especially outside, too. We don't have that luxury of having an ocean by us. (laughs) Where are you guys located? Central PA, literally okay. in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and we love it. Is there, is there any sort of mountainous range or are you <laughs> in the flatlands of Pennsylvania? Uh, the closest like true mountain range would probably be the Smoky Mountains in Tennessee. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so not there. close. Well, that's but, not true. There's... But like there's rolling hills. Like it's very pretty sure. where we live. Yeah, true. And you can easily drive down to Virginia, West Virginia and get into some mountains there as well. But Yeah. Um, yeah, like the truest tr- range, I would say, is probably somewhere. You think it's the Smoky Mountains? I truly have no idea. Because the Appalachian Trail obviously runs like semi-close to here. So there's Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. But yeah, well, the weather will turn and we'll be outside again yeah. shortly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. I, uh, I, yeah. Go ahead. I know I was going to say what you were saying um, about going to coffee shops in New York. Talk about no landscape. When I first started my business... I would go to the NYU coffee shops, number one, because they were always working. There was just, I felt like very studious with all of the students that went there. And I just felt like I needed to get out of my house because in order to do what I needed to do in terms of email marketing and all that stuff, being in my apartment would take seven hours. Being at a coffee shop, I could get it all done in like 45 minutes an hour. It's crazy how much procrastination happens in your house. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, I, Derek I'm, I'm thrives and is in our house. <laughs> if I set my ass in that lazy boy, the work is getting done. Just throw oh, wow. my AirPods in, crank the tunes, and I am crushing. He truly never comes to the coffee shop with me. <laughs> well, you leave just to get away from me. <laughs> Partly. <laughs> okay, so overall, definitely enjoyed the in-person, it sounds like. Now, what was the catalyst to creating happy belly strong and pursuing this virtual space was it the pandemic was it prior to the pandemic kind of walk us through that journey 
So Happy Belly Strong was my business in New York, my, um, my fitness and nutrition business. And that necessarily wasn't digital. Um, the start, it was the pandemic for more of the digital space. I actually left the training business. I kind of like went on a, a quote unquote sabbatical um, in 2019. Um, I didn't get paid for my sabbatical, but I, I'll call it one. Um, <laughs> and I kind of got really burnt out in New York City. I was working too much and I hated in-person training then. I really just felt like I was going from client to client. And in New York, you rely on the subway or your own feet. There's really no way to get from the different boroughs. So I just felt very um, trapped and a lover of the outside and mover of the outside. I always felt like I was fleeing to upstate New York or somewhere to like get my nature fix. I ended up leaving and getting a certification in farming out of the University of Vermont in 2019. So I spent a whole like seven, eight months in Vermont um, and I worked on a hundred acre organic vegetable farm. Um, we went to different types of regenerative farming, um, like, which basically means like they utilize the land and work with the land to create healthy ecosystems um, and create better soil and all this diversity um, with other different farms in the area. And that was the most eye-opening experience for me. And I didn't think I was ever going back to training again, I thought I was going to be a farmer. I still have that dream. Um, but when the pandemic happened, I came home and um, I didn't know where I was going. I thought I was going back to Vermont. And then the pandemic happened and I was like, well, we're going to stick to what we know and we're going to get all of our New York City clients back. And I was at my parents at that time and I started doing free online. I'm so sure maybe you did it too, like IG live, Instagram live, like workouts just to get people to move and off the couch and not feel so um, fearful of the world. And then I realized how much I loved training again and nutrition. So I kind of did a whole bunch of both. And now my, my views and um, of how I want to train people and how I want to coach nutrition has changed because of that farming experience. Um, and it's all more about connection now. Um, so that's kind of how that changed. But I feel a little bit more aligned in who I am as a person after leaving. Yeah, I love that. I think that provides a lot of context as well to you know, what we'll get into here in a moment with your beliefs around fitness and nutrition and your methodology, so to speak, within the business. Now, when when you were doing all of the online stuff in the beginning of the pandemic, like the free workouts and things like that, just out of curiosity, were you finding a lot of interest in those? Like were people coming on board, doing the workouts with you? Cause we did the same thing. And in the beginning we had a ton of engagement, especially like on TikTok, it was insane. And then as the pandemic went on, we started noticing a huge drop off with that. And then we trained, we naturally transitioned out of it following kind of that, that trend. So what was it like on your end? Did folks enjoy that? Were you successful in that or quote unquote successful? Um, I agree with you. I felt in the beginning it was like, yes, I'm so excited to move. And then the like reality of that we're in this pandemic for a lot longer, I think really stressed people out and just, they kind of naturally fell off or did their own thing or tried someone else. But, um, what it did do is provide me um, reconnecting to some of my own clientele in New York. 
and I still train them digitally now, which was really nice. And I did reach out to them personally, but having them see me on Instagram, because I feel like everyone was on some sort of social media platform in those first two weeks, um, really helped um, create a stronger foundation of people realizing, oh, she's back for good, um, which was nice. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a huge catalyst for the business, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Now, as you started dis- rediscovering your love for training and the passion for coaching people and doing it both in person and online, we talked earlier about what you love most about in person, what you enjoy least or hate the most. How about for virtual coaching? Like, what do you enjoy the most about that? And then on the flip side, what do you enjoy least? What I love most is that I can get more done in less time because there's no travel time. There's no going back and forth. Um, again, we've talked about the casualness of it. I feel like it, it creates a little bit less pressure for both of the parties. Um, and that, and it's also just encouraging people that they don't have to quote unquote, go to a gym or go to a certain place to be able to achieve their goals. Um, whether that's nutrition, I mean, fitness mostly, but also nutrition too, that it's very easy to do most of the things from their own house. And that's where you have to start anyway, because that's where we are all the time. Um, and yeah, that's it. Awesome. Okay. So that's what you enjoyed most. What do you enjoy mm-hmm. least? What do you find is a struggle with virtual coaching? My own mental state and just staring at screens all the time. Um, I just feel like I'm always on screens and I have to take and learn to take breaks in my schedule to get outside just to recalibrate. Cause um, uh, what I've noticed is I'll put people back to back to back. And then my energy is low because what I've noticed within person when I was traveling to different places, I could shift gears and then like uh, be recharged or just refreshed when I go into the next person. Because with training and nutrition, a lot of it is kind of like a form of therapy. They are talking to you a lot about other type of things. So that energy kind of stays on me and I just feel more drained that sometimes I'm less motivated to do things for myself. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I, we have since starting ballistic, we've really like, I feel like tried pretty much everything with like scheduling wise where like we'd have a few clients every day now we're at the point where we really have most of our clients Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because it's helpful for me ener- energetically to really sit down and be like, all right, these are heavy client days. Like emotionally, I got to be on like recharge, ready to go. And then I have those four days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, where we're doing back end work. But it allows me that space to kind of recharge and get into that headspace because you're absolutely right. A lot of it. Yeah, we're, we're, of course, talking about fitness and nutrition, but a lot of it is just like heavy life things as well. So yeah. I think I think it's interesting, though. It, I always like hearing like what works well for people like coaching wise, like whether it is taking breaks or if you like back to back clients type thing. Yeah, yeah I feel that um, the I, I like front load the mornings and my evenings, and then I enjoy my afternoons off to do my own creative work or even just to take a nap if I need to or do something for me, um, just because a lot of my clientele are those busy professionals that work the nine to five life. So there, it's 
front loaded in the mornings and in the evenings. Okay. Yeah, the curse of every every coach morning and evening. Yeah. That's split shift. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm, I'm at this point. I'm the opposite. I'd rather I just front load the whole first half of the day, first two thirds of the day, and then at the end of the day, I just shut it down because I spent nearly ten years living that split shift lifestyle or working just in those odd hours and and burning the candle at both ends, so to speak. But yeah, everyone's different and everyone finds kind of that groove of what works well for them, both from a scheduling standpoint, as well as energetics and uh, finding how they can create a better experience for their clients through improved, you know, uh, we'll say scheduling and, and time management for themselves. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I enjoy your schedule. <laughs> um, that's the goal. So I feel like you guys are a couple steps ahead of me, and that's what I hope to embody soon. But for right now, I'm, I feel like I need to do what I need to do in order to get some of the clientele that I need to. But uh, it's a, you're an inspiration to me, so thank you. <laughs> Look, aim higher, aim past us. We're still we're still in the trenches as well. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so all that said, we've been talking about Happy Belly Strong. Where did the concept and the name come from? Well, Happy Belly was taken by someone in Japan and had nothing to do with nutrition. And I was really upset about that because I really, I was using that name way before my business. So I was very stuck on Happy Belly. And I remember this night vividly because I was with, Um, my past partner at the time. And I was like, I don't know what to call it. Happy belly. What? And we just went over like a million different names and I was like, happy belly strong. And I kept on saying, I was like, doesn't really ring true. And I was like, eventually it will. And I just picked it. And it was just more like ripping the bandaid off. There was no rhyme or reason, but it was just to get the correlation between nutrition and fitness together. Yeah, absolutely. Now the, the happy belly that was taken was it internationally trademarked or something? Is that why you couldn't use it or? More for my website. And also at that point, I was such a novice with business. I had no idea like if there was any way that I could get it, but I really wanted it as my like website. And um, as we learned it in power, that's really not the most important. But back then before social media kind of was. So uh, that was where I kind of like brought people to. But to be honest, no one ever really goes to my website. Um, so it's it kind of just stuck happy belly strong. I felt like I was in some sort of like a uh, stressful situation of like, what do I choose? And that's how it came about. There was no rhyme or reason. <laughs> gotcha. So it was more for the domain name than anything else. Not necessarily yeah, like the yeah. logistic or the legal legalities of the LLC or something like that. <laughs> Got it. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. Well, someone, it works. Though. It works. Yeah, it, works. Yeah. it makes you feel better. Someone still has ballisticperformance.com and they want $10,000 for it. And <laughs> oh my God. We're like, okay, you can go kick rocks. We'll just keep trainingalistic.com and we'll roll with that. Yeah, it works. Exactly. (laughs) Now I have to ask, because we talked about the name, where the hell does the pineapple come into play? Uh, You can thank my sister, Laura, who is a graphic designer. And I used her for all of my logos and things from my Nourish to Flourish transformation course logo to my Asbury Park bootcamp logos. She is super talented. And again, I just was like, I trust you do whatever you think. And my mother is obsessed with pineapples. 
they're all over my house. They were on our wallpaper. There's like little, like, you know, like there's like hidden Mickey's when you go to Disney, there's like hidden pineapples all <laughs> over my house. And like, they're just everywhere. She's obsessed with just the, the look of them. And so it's kind of like a family thing for me personally. And it, with fitness and nutrition, uh, pineapples are delicious and super nutritious and they have that like strong, hard exterior. And so it kind of works and it works with the O in my logo. And again, not my choice. It helped my, it was just kind of like the it's family like tie, but really my sister. I okay. like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you brought in like the fitness and nutrition aspect, like the hard exterior and they are delicious. I've been yeah, craving yeah. them a lot. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Karen. Now we're going to have to pick a goddamn fruit and have it hidden through the house and put it in our, our designs and all this stuff. Yeah. Ash is too obsessed with that concept. <laughs> yeah, it makes it nice. And uh, I like bringing in family and friends to my business because it's all about community anyway. So shout yeah. out to Laura. Absolutely. We do the same thing. We partnered with my cousin to do all of our apparel and and that because he has a fulfillment center so we thought let's keep it keep it in the family and go that route like like you said kind of he's not in the community but he's still family so we'll uh we'll roll with that absolutely so now that we got through like kind of the funny superficial stuff with the name the pineapple on a deeper level with with happy belly strong like what are your unique beliefs in fitness nutrition uh you know we had obviously talked about your experience uh, on the farm and how that's played into kind of developing and refining these beliefs. So can you just take us down that, that path of where your kind of beliefs fall and what your methodology looks like? Sure. I'll tell you a little background story. Um, when I left New York, I was really burnt out. I was, um, an amateur boxer. I was fighting a lot. I was in a restrictive caloric diet on and off going up and down. So like my whole entire body was in like adrenal fatigue shut down. I was irritable, all this stuff. And so when I left and I went to the farm, it was therapy to me. I felt like my mental state got better. I, um, my, uh, reproductive system was working well again. It wasn't working back when I was fighting. Um, and I just felt overall better and I had a better sense of who I was. And so what I've realized with nutrition is that it's secondary it's not the first thing that you should start with. A lot of people, especially now in the pandemic, are so stressed out. They're not sleeping. They're irritable. They're depressed. They're anxious. There's all these, th these things. So I feel that fixing your mental state um, and minimizing stress, prioritizing sleep is primary. And then your nutrition is secondary because you can tell people what to eat, but if they're not fixing what's happening inside them, it's never going to change. Everyone wants those instant gratifications. And when you realize that you have to go inward first, then everything kind of falls into place. Yeah, I completely agree. I think, like you said, you can tell people what to eat. They might be able to do it for a week, two weeks, maybe even a month and feel better, feel different, notice the changes. But unless you are targeting their sleep, their stress, just overall lifestyle, the likelihood of it actually sticking is like slim to none, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally agree. Absolutely. So that's, I feel like is an overall arching kind of umbrella theme. 
And then can you dive into a little more specific on when you do get someone into that position where they are addressing these foundational pieces, sleep, stress, and they, they have those dialed in, then how do you approach the nutrition and the fitness for that individual? Sure. Um, what I talk about with nutrition is we focus more on your gut health. So I do believe that your gut and your brain are connected and a lot of the mental issues or like a lot of your anxiety, your stress and everything that happens is stemmed from your gut. So we work more on healing the gut and eating real food because I think a lot of people in this day and age are not eating real food. They're eating, um, I think one functional nutritionist, his name is Dr. Mark Hyman was saying that people are eating Frankenfoods. Um, it's all like packaged, not real nourishing foods. So trying to get people to eat more nutrient dense rather than calorically dense um, in terms of nutrition. And then in movement, I would say just getting people to move more outside of our sessions, going on long walks, creating that connection without seeing me and like leaning more into that rather than our session. Because I can, I know what I'm doing in our sessions. It's the other 23 hours, whatever hours they're up, um, that counts. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's something that we take that holistic approach as well of trying to really develop and refine habits and behaviors outside of the gym that are going to positively impact your health as well as your fitness uh, and your your mental state. Because it is it is to a point where it doesn't matter if you're exercising for an hour a day if the other 14 hours that you're awake are absolute shit, mm -hmm. you're not going to get healthier. You're not going to get fitter. You're not going to lose the weight or gain the muscle or whatever it is that you're seeking to do because your body's not in a position where it feels quote unquote safe. And you're not just going to, you're just not going to have the mental bandwidth to engage in all of these habits and behaviors that seem to have a really high barrier to entry because they're putting you outside of your comfort zone. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Um, a lot of the times too, in our sessions with nutri with fitness is I, I have to meet them where they're at. And before, when I was a very novice trainer, I'd be like, I, I first of all, I thought I almost killed a couple people because I would train them the way I trained and I, <laughs> it was not working well. And so I was like, well, I gotta realize, I gotta like tone it down. And a lot of the times, especially because people are working from home, we're sitting more, we're not being, um, we're a little bit more mobile, I would say, unless you really like make that a priority, um, is all about mobility and stability and getting them to have proper um, form in their anatomical position. Because I feel like a lot of the times people are hunched over. They're constantly like texting, typing, driving. Everyone's got this little like humpback. So trying to fix that is more of a goal for me, getting them to touch their toes <laughs> is something that I would like them to do rather than how much weight they can lift. My priorities shift a lot. Right. And when you do that, when you're addressing those things, do you address them through movement or you really focus more on like mobility, flexibility, specific exercises? Like for instance, if you get someone who is always typing, you know, texting and they have this really collapsed thoracic position, are you improving that or addressing that through very specific mobility and flexibility exercises? Or are you just saying, Hey, come in, we're going to get you moving. And then through that process, hopefully things will start to improve. And then we'll kind of throw some of these specific, uh, prehab and rehab type things in there as well. Sure. Yeah. Um, I would say what I do in the beginning is a lot of breath work. So getting them into certain positions and having them breathe into those, 
quote unquote mobility positions. Um, but then a lot of it is through movement, getting them to understand the movement mechanics of certain exercises and that will help fix it right away. But in the beginning, I spend about five minutes or so, 10 minutes doing some sort of breath work into certain areas that puts them into that anatomical position that I'm looking for. Gotcha. Okay. Very interesting. Now you had mentioned at the very top of the episode that you work mainly with women, 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 <laughs> but it sounded like you were also open to working with male clients. Do you prefer working with one over the other? And if so, why? Uh, women are more gravitated towards me. Um, I prefer women just because um, I want to help heal what I've helped heal, but um, I don't think a lot of people are coming into it as burnt out as I was in like overtraining world. I want people to, I still want to help create and fix internally what's happening for more like women's reproductive system as well. And like their hormones and things. I feel like women are very complex. So I want to help that's something that I want to learn a little bit more on and dive deeper into is those hormonal hormonal health through nutrition and movement. Um, but I do have a couple male clients. I do enjoy working with them. Um, I just personally, it's more of a preference for other people who gravitate towards me. I just feel like that's just more of the population that comes to me rather than the, the other way around. Yeah, absolutely. I think that naturally happens, right? Just based on branding, messaging, mm -hmm. uh, even just your voice as a coach, you're going to attract similar types of people. And I mean, if you're, if your brand's really on point, you're purposely trying to attract those types of people and avoid mm -hmm. others. Uh, but we, we're the same way, even though we cater to both men and women, we, I think our analytics on social media, we're, we're approaching 60% female followers and 40% male, even though we don't, we don't target one or the other. And then even with our clients, we have a large majority of female clients compared to the men. And I don't know if it's because we're a couple and a lot of the, the images and graphics were together. And so it has a softer appearance, so to speak, versus me in the gym every day with my shirt off, just kind of cranking the tunes and going for it. That would obviously tend to attract more of the male clients. But it is interesting how even if your brand or your messaging isn't specifically intended for that, you just naturally start to develop these followings and these, these types of clients and, and you kind of end up shifting to one side nearly completely. Yeah. I noticed that it's weird. Like the people that are my paying customers are mostly women, but on social media, I have a little, it's 60, 40 women, men, just kind of like what you were saying, but more men ask me a lot of the fitness questions, not necessarily the nutrition. I think it's a little taboo for both. A lot of people still don't ask me a lot of the nutrition questions. I don't know if it's their own internal struggles of asking for help or whatever it is that's coming with those emotional ties with nutrition. But I have noticed that when I post about fitness, I get a, a good amount of male attention on like, oh, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Or asking me questions like in my messages and stuff about um, certain types of exercises, but not, they don't necessarily want to purchase anything. It's more, they just want my opinion, mm -hmm. which is interesting. Yeah, that is interesting for sure. And I think also too, just being a guy, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm trying to take their perspective because it's obviously different for me because I have the knowledge in the background, but sure. as a dude, you don't really want to admit that you need help with eating. Like you just want to know that 
or you just want everyone to think that you know exactly what you're doing. You're just choosing not to do it or you don't have time to do it yet or all the different excuses that we hear from clients and individuals. And so I think by them just simply asking you for your opinion or recommendation, it's kind of like, okay, I got the little nugget that I needed. Now I'm set. Even though we all three of us know there's way more to it than that, it yeah. kind of just gives them that justification of, okay, I can, I can give this another go but on my own. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, it's very interesting. And so all that said in your experiences, cause now it's gone, this is seven years ago, you started happy belly strong, right? Mm-hmm. And you've had your nourish to flourish. I said that right. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to make sure. And <laughs> so, and all these experiences over those last seven years, what are two to three things that you've identified as like the most common struggles that people face. Mm, okay. I wrote some stuff down, <laughs> um, but I would say that maybe just because I'm super tough, I like that tough love exterior, but like no one works hard enough. Everyone wants that instant gratification. Everyone wants a quick fix. The amount of people that come to me and say they want apps by tomorrow, I'm like, okay, well, this isn't going to work. It's a lot. Um, So I just feel like people aren't lifting heavy enough. People aren't putting in the time or prioritizing the time for movement and nutrition and are just looking for that magic little pill to, um, to thrive. So that's hard for me. It's like the motivation isn't there. And I guess that it all kind of compiles into that. Yeah, I love that one. Before you keep going, do you mind if I interject? Yeah, yeah, go for it. I figure we can go back and forth on these as we go. Oh, yeah. I, I love that one because number one, yes, people are addicted to instant gratification and we've absolutely seen that. And I think everyone knows that at this point. Like we all love being able to have like one click on Amazon and have it the next day. We all love Instagram and getting that dopamine hit and we get likes and follows and shares. But when you apply it to health and fitness, I think you're 100% right, and people aren't willing to, maybe not even willing, but underestimate the amount of work that it's going to take, and not Mm -hmm. even so much like the time frame, just like the actual effort and the level of discomfort that they have to put themselves into, Mm -hmm. and the amount, the challenge that it's going to be to break 15 years of poor eating habits and, and sedentary lifestyle, and I, so I think that's just all heavily underestimated, and maybe it's because you don't hear that talk a lot out there from the industry, right? Cause it's just kind of, it's a really, it's not a negative message, but it's a very hard message that puts up a wall for most people when they read it, if they're in that space. Yeah. Uh, but I couldn't agree more with you there. I think it's, it's definitely an issue across, across the entire industry. Yeah. I think to add on to that, both of your points, a lot of people I've, re- I find come to us and they're like, they kind of, I don't want to say expect, but like kind of, they kind of expect just because they hired a coach, they hired you, their life's going to change. And it's like, Mm -hmm. like you said, you still have to put in the work. We're just giving you the guidance. We're giving you the tools, but we can't do it for you. We can't actually implement the things that we're, we're saying. Yeah. I love the quote I heard the other day on Mark Bell's podcast, which is the power project. He had okay. Kelly Starrett on there, and Kelly Starrett is a physical therapist, like super OG CrossFit world. That's how he got started, and now he runs the Ready State, which is this worldwide 
global brand that helps high performance athletes and everyday folks kind of get out of pain, mobilize so that they can move better. And his quote was, they were talking about the obesity epidemic and the lack of just physical activity that we're engaging in every day as individuals and the, the issue with nutrition that's happening all the way from children, all the way to adults. And he mentioned that we cannot introduce a complex solution to an already complex problem. And I think people love the idea of that because the complex solution has to be the better solution, right? Cause it's fancier, it's flashier, it's sexier. It's probably going to get results faster. And so everybody's looking for the complex solution when really we need to introduce simple solutions to these complex problems. And that's how you can make change starting in your own household, then in your neighborhood, your community, and then, you know, you're a larger scale, like global scale, if everyone continues to do so. Um, so I think that's a really just like profound idea and a really interesting topic that hopefully gets discussed more and more throughout the fitness and nutrition space. I love that quote and I couldn't agree more with that. I just feel we are throwing all of these different tools and modalities. Like, what about this? Well, like, can I just put this waist trainer on and do this and do all this stuff? And it's like, can we just focus on the uncomfortability of things and create more simplified stuff, but we don't have to overcomplicate it all as well too. So I think people in general just get overwhelmed. And I think that's a lot why a lot of people struggle at first because they want to do everything all at once rather than just taking small steps at a time to get there. But that's not instant gratification, right? So they're like, they get overwhelmed and then they get frustrated that they're not seeing the results that they want. I had a client tell me the other day, um, She's like, I'm frustrated. I'm not seeing the results that I'm looking for in like, I guess she's taking like progress pictures. And I was like, well, what do you think it is? And she's like, well, I, I'm doing the 80-20 rule. And I was like, well, what is the 80-20 rule for you? She's like, I eat 80% good, 20%, I do whatever I want. And then I was like, okay, let's, I got a little bit curious and I was like, okay, well, what are you eating? And we realized her 80-20 rule, what she was deciding was the 20% was going out to eat, maybe going to Taco Bell, maybe having like chocolate or something, but she also was eating not real food on top of it, like fiber one bars that she wouldn't count as the 20%. So it was really like 55, 45. And when she realized that realization, like she wasn't really being true to herself, she understood like, oh man, I got to start eating real food and just like simplifying. And then we broke that down with like, what should, what can, what do you like to eat rather than giving her a meal plan that I provided? So creating it to make it more for them to win rather than others for what, what I perceive as the right fit. Yeah, absolutely. And I, th I like that conversation as well, because it's something that we talk about a lot following calls with clients or just talk about in general. And that is, you know, we preach a lot about consistency, sustainability, you know, integrating these things into your life and making them as simple as brushing your teeth or a second nature is brushing your teeth. But as great as all that sounds, there are seasons and phases to this that mm -hmm. in the beginning, you might not have the quote unquote balance that you want or be able to settle into that balance because you're trying to undo 15 years of these poor habits and behaviors and you haven't yet earned the ability to find that 80-20 space or just find balance as some people will say you know, you have to work your way there and earn that before you can settle into that and just kind of ride maintenance for however mm -hmm. long that you want. Uh, and 
that's also a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people because it's like, well, that's not what you preach. That's not the messaging. And mm -hmm. it's like, no, that's the end. That's the end point. Like that's, I don't want to say a destination because it never stops, but that's where you want to get to. And then you can settle into these things and enjoy that, that flexibility. But in the beginning, that might not be the case or in a particular season of life, that might not be the case based on your goals. Yeah. I couldn't agree more with that. That it's very true. I like what you said, like you have to earn the right to ride that wave and most people think that that's where we start it's like oh, i'm on the 80 20 rule it's like well let's let's reel it back a little bit here and let's just dive a little bit deeper and get to know each other and get curious and the more i feel like i ask questions the more people end up opening up about the, then they realize the truth of themselves and what they actually need to do right absolutely okay so that was the first one Mm -hmm. right? I don't think we covered anything else through, through all no, those yeah. tangents. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. The next one. Um, so struggles. I feel like a lot of people have, especially because like I said, we've been eating more like Franken foods. Um, we have a lot of GI issues. So gut health and mental health because they are interconnected and sometimes fixing your gut is going to fix all of these symptoms of feeling lethargic, um, anxiety, stress, depression. So sometimes, like I said, sometimes you want to heal the, your head first and that will heal your gut. And if you heal your gut first, it can help be a byproduct of healing everything up here in your head as well. Yeah. I love that. I mean, we've shared on other episodes, I'm healing my gut as we speak. I had all kinds of shit going on. So, uh, -huh. uh haven't noticed anything up top yet, but we'll see maybe as we continue to go, it, it hasn't been very long. So we're working at it. Yeah. Okay. Nice. What are, what's the one thing that you're doing? I'm curious. Uh, I'm doing a bunch of shit. So uh, <laughs> I worked with Bridget over at um, Gut Personal and like with okay. Well by Bridget. It's so Hannah. She was a support coach, Hannah's sister. Yeah, okay. there you go. Yeah, nice. Hannah Carroll's sister. So worked with her uh, because I've had these issues for like two years now. And so now I'm on like a regimen of supplements, having to better manage my stress focusing on more variety in my food. Cause that was probably the biggest issue that we found mm -hmm. uh, was lack of variety. So yeah, I'm addressing it from a couple different angles, but we've just started to see, I think some changes over like the last week. Um, and it's only been three or four weeks. So we've still got a long way to go, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Nice. And then again, the instant gratification, right? People are like, well, now I'm taking a probiotic and I'm meditating. So like what's happening and it doesn't happen overnight. So it's exciting. It takes three weeks to sort of see some shift in whatever it is. And most of the time it's happening, coming out of you, like your poop is more regular or like solid. Um, I talk a lot about poop with my clients. That's like a big thing <laughs> I've noticed. Oh yeah. That'll, that'll definitely happen in the gut health world. Okay, so yeah. gut health is another big one. Uh, do you have a third one, or is that, or are those the two primary? Oh, and everyone is just everyone's sleep is shit. So prioritizing sleep is not happening in this country. Um, and I have, a, and it, I feel like it, it is a lot to do with um, either your mental state and disassociating, and just constant dopamine hit of swiping through your screens um, super late at night, or um, not coming up with some sort of morning or nightly ritual routine to kind of set you up for a better sleep hygiene. Yeah. I love that. And it's interesting. I'm, I'll ask you this question as well. Cause I know Ash and I talk about it a lot, but, and I've just noticed through our own habits, we have never really 
scrolled like or been on our phones like late into the evening you know or even watch tv super late into the evening that like just never really happened for us no but i also think it's because we have that background like i know that it's detrimental so this is why i think it also happens because we have the background but i also think because of our profession and your profession karen like we are staring at a screen all day and even though Mm -hmm. people who have desk jobs do that as well we're not just on our computer like looking at excel we're not we're on a computer creating content then i'm on my phone on instagram posting the content then i'm on this other platform responding to comments then i'm on this platform sending Mm -hmm. out like marketing so i'm exposing myself to all of those platforms that everybody uses to escape reality Mm -hmm. throughout the entire day so when i get to the end of my day i'm like last thing i want to do is stay on instagram more yeah or get on another platform and scroll through like i just want to like watch maybe an hour of tv right after dinner and then read a book for 30 to 45 minutes before bed like i just want to get away from that have you found that as well karen Yeah, I was going to say, I totally agree. It's our profession. One, because sometimes I start my clients at 6am. I can't stay up late. My, I am like grandma over here. I'm in in bed by nine, probably asleep by 10. Or if I am watching TV um, with my partner, like I'm asleep by, I'm asleep on the couch and he has to wake me up and bring me to bed. But I do feel that um, most of the time when I'm by myself um, and even with him, we're connecting because I feel also in this digital space, we aren't staring at Excel right now. This is our profession, right? I'm connecting with you. I feel like I get that, that connection that people are craving from outsourcing through Instagram, um, when they're out of work and we are getting it constantly throughout our days. So to me, I'm already fulfilled. I don't need to escape on Instagram or anything like that. Yeah. I agree with that. You do. Yeah. So you're saying I'm right. Yeah, I never said you weren't right. I know, I just like to hear it. <laughs> just like to hear it. Uh, okay, so we just went over those two to three things, or those three things, I should say. Now, for anyone listening who's going through those struggles, who realizes, like, you're right, shit, I don't prioritize my sleep. I don't even know what gut health is. Uh, you know, I'm not being physically active. All of these different things. What are two to three things they can do right now to put themselves in a better position moving forward obviously aside from hiring you or hiring us what are two to three i can't speak two to three things they can do on their own sure i'll give uh i can give a lot but i'll try to keep it to three and if we want to add more we can um the first one is get outside uh big one for me i think that's going to help as soon as you get and especially in the morning Um, that actually helps reset your circadian rhythm, your sleep cycle. When you get outside in the morning and you let the sun hit your eyes, um, when the sunlight hits the back of your eyes, it's called your pineal gland. It helps store melatonin, which is your sleepy time hormone for later. So if you get outside in the morning, even if it's for 10 minutes, five minutes, if you don't have the time, but I feel like we can prioritize it. If you have a dog, walk your dog. There's that morning walk that you can get. Um, will help regulate your circadian rhythm. It also minimizes your stress because you're staring at whatever's outside. You're getting fresh air, you're breathing in the air, and you're connecting to yourself. So I think that's my top one is just getting outside in the morning. Love or that. often. I do love uh, that. Do you guys get outside in the morning or do you go right into your routines? So since Ash has gotten pregnant, it's kind of changed our morning routine yeah. a little bit. 
mm-hmm. and since moving home really, but I tend to work out in the morning. So I get up, I'm an early riser. I get up at like 4.15, 4.30, do my devotional, read my Bible. Then I do an hour of work. Then I do like 30 minutes of cardio. And then I'll go to my dad's house and train or get in our garage and train. And so I'm really not even getting outside. The first opportunity is probably not until like 8, 8.30, mm-hmm. where we used to then walk the dog. But then ever Got since it. the weather changed, and then since you've gotten pregnant, she's more productive in the mornings. So she's taking advantage of that. And then we're now walking the dog later at night. So I guess long story short, we're not getting outside in the morning right now. No. But we used to. Yeah. I literally just told Derek yesterday that since the weather is starting to change, yeah. I'd love because it, it does take I mean, it's just an excuse, but like literally it does take time to like bundle up and put all those layers on in the winter time and have to clean Coda off and stuff. So mm-hmm. I said now that the weather is changing, I'd love to implement shorter walks, but both morning and then evening because we used to do that a lot. And I really loved that. I mm-hmm. noticed the difference. Yeah, my um my sister-in-law, she's from Sweden. And there's a Swedish saying, there's no such thing as bad weather, just poor choice in clothing. So she's always been outside. Like they, they're kind of like forced to, they ride their bikes. That's how they got to school. They did everything, but it is true. And like, I always tell that to my clients, like, well, it's cold. I was like, well, bundle up, get outside. You don't have to go for an hour walk. It can be five minutes, even just if you're breathing outside, just get out there and it's going to help. And I think it's just the easiest shift that people can do rather then I'm like, oh, prioritize sleep. And they're like, well, how? Like, it's just an easy way to, to get it all done. Yeah. Uh, and that same podcast that I listened to last week, Kelly also mentioned one of the first things he does with people who aren't physically active and who really need to turn their life around is he finds a way to get them walking. And he's like, sometimes I will force them to buy a dog. <laughs> he's like, I, <laughs> because then the dog, you have to walk the dog unless you're just yep. a terrible dog owner. But, and then the d- poor dog gets the, the shit end of that deal. But, uh, yeah, I mean, get outside, walk your dog. I know we used to love walking in the mornings in Michigan and then again in the evening. Cause the evening walk for us was big too. Cause it kind of signified the end of the day and Absolutely. the first 15, 20 minutes might be silence walking. Cause we're trying to let our minds unwind and just kind of relax. And then it finally got into like normal conversation. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Get yeah. outside. So important. Um, can I go into my second one? Hit it. (laughs) Um, so this one's, uh, a big one for me. These are like all small wins that you could do, but besides eating real food and cooking, like those are two big things, but eating without distraction is like number one, number two for me. Um, also number one, it's, uh, most of the times people are eating in front of their screens. We live in a world or in the United States, at least where we are overworked and people feel like they can't even have a second to eat away from their screens and the science behind it. The reason why eating in front of screens is so bad is because in order for you to digest your food, you have to be in a parasympathetic state, ventral state, whatever you want to call it, your rest and digest state. And when you're eating in front of screens, you're, you're never going into that type of, um, the nervous system that you want to be in. You're always in that stressed out state. And so distracting yourself and breathing and connecting to your food and using all your senses gets you in that calmer state so that your body creates um, the digestive enzymes that you need in order to break down the nutrients. A lot of the times people 
when they're eating in front of their screens, no, well, number one, you don't understand portion control because you're not paying attention to what you're eating unless you've portioned your food out prior, but sometimes people are eating snacks um, and they're not really eating a, a nutrient dense actual meal. And that's what causes a lot of the GI issues that we're seeing inflammation, bloat, constipation, diarrhea, all that stuff happens because no one's connecting or paying attention to the act of eating. Love that one. I know you love that one. That yeah. used to be like something you were hooked on. Just like getting into that paradigm. Distraction for eating, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I think it, I agree with you. I think it makes a huge difference. And most people, in my experience, do not do that. Like they are on their phone, they're working or doing something. I mean, there was a time you wouldn't even let me eat on the couch. It had to be at the damn table. <laughs> that didn't <laughs> last very long. No, that was too, that was too big of a change for me. Couldn't, <laughs> couldn't sustain it. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I love it. Yeah. It's hard. Sometimes we're all on the go. We're always in a rush and no one just, everyone use again, just pushes food to the wayside and just prioritizes everything else. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Hit us with number three. Oh, okay. So what I would say to help, uh, I'm just gonna do this one. Hydrate, drink more water, um, more water than you think. Cause I could give you a bunch of other ones, but I do think that people, I don't know, water's like very underrated and we need it to survive and thrive. And instead of gr grabbing the seltzers or the, uh, sodas or juice or smoothies or whatever like just make sure you always have water at hand and i usually say for my clients to chug at least a glass or two right in the morning just to help wake up yourselves and get everything flowing freely i think that could really help um easy solution and we all have it it's free yeah absolutely we talk about hydration all the time with our clients and it's something that we pay pretty close attention to you're a little better than i am but um, yeah, I do think I like what you said about drinking a glass or two first thing in the morning. I think one, it just starts your day off, like you said, like getting everything flowing, getting in, getting in water. But I also think like when you have that goal of working on hydration, it show it starts your day in a way that like you're doing something for yourself. You're working mm -hmm. towards your goal. And so I think that can kind of just create that um, like positive domino effect as well. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, I love those three. I think those are pretty solid three. I know you had potentially more, but I think those are pretty uh, foundational, pretty important pillars of, of health. So absolutely. I think you crushed pretty it. Easy. Pretty yeah. easy to do. That's another thing. Like I don't want to overcomplicate it as well. I just think that's when people get overwhelmed too. It's just like, these are easy things that you can do. You can win and you might notice a shift um, right away from these. Yeah, 100%. Awesome. Okay, well, if anyone listening thought, had a light bulb moment there and was like, oh, I like that or I can do this, I want to know more, I want to learn more, like where can they find out more about you, Karen, Happy Belly Strong, what you do, and or just follow along with your journey? Sure. Um, my Instagram is probably the best place that you can find me and you can find tips like what I was just saying or workout, um, movements or whatever. There's a lot of stuff on there. I'm all about like holistic wellness. It's, I changed the name recently. It was happy belly strong. Now it's Karen K A R Y N underscore Tofolo, which is my last name. Um, or you can go to happybellystrong.com, but I feel like the Instagram account is your best bet. Cause that's where I, um, 
release a lot of information, but if you go on my website, you can sign up for my newsletter because I also provide a lot more information on my newsletter as well. Fantastic. Awesome. And I'll be sure to link all of that in the show notes so everybody can have access to that. Uh, but I think that about wraps it up. Did you have anything you wanted to add, Ash? I don't think so. I think it was a good conversation. Yeah, so good. It was nice talking to you. I love talking to like-minded people. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, we really appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, we look forward to seeing everything that you're doing with Happy Belly Strong and with your brand. And uh, wish you all the best of luck. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Whether this is your first time tuning in or if you're here with us each and every week, Ash and I just want to take a moment to express our thanks and gratitude. We are so incredibly blessed to have your support and we could not continue to show up week in and week out if it were not for you. If you enjoy what you hear in this channel, please head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating, leave a review in there as well. That is how we reach more people and change more lives through the platform. Lastly, if you don't follow us across all of our other social media accounts, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube. Our handles are either Ballistic.Performance or Ballistic Performance across all of those platforms. Or you can check us out online at TrainBallistic.com. Again, we appreciate and love you so much, and we hope you have a fantastic week.